Well, welcome to Hill City. It's my honor and privilege to serve you here as a pastor on staff, along with an awesome team. If you're watching us online, we'd like to welcome you. This is a, a topic that's very close to my heart, because the person I'm going to talk about means the world to me. I wouldn't be where I am without the Holy Spirit. He's not a phenomenon to me. He's not a tingle in my skin. He's not a tear in my eye. He's not a feeling. I'm sealed with him. I never leave him. I never leave his presence. Somebody asked me, which service? You know, we used to have two services. Which service did you feel the presence? And I said, I never left. I never left. Even when I feel horrible, he's still with me. He's the promise from the Father. So I'm going to share with you something. And today's topic is walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is walking in step with Him. Walking every moment with Him. And I'll share with you what it looks like and how you can actually do it. Because this term has been used so many times in so many sermons, but many people don't know how to do it. People who speak in tongues don't know how to do it. People who walk in the gifts of the Spirit don't know how to do it. And nobody taught me this except the Holy Spirit. Because John says the anointing will teach you all things. And you have the anointing. You have the anointing from God. So I'm excited to share this with you because I tell you, what would happen if all of us walked in the Spirit 24-7. What would happen if we dealt with situations in our marriage with the Holy Spirit? What would happen if we dealt with our perplexities, our, 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 our confusions with Jesus? What would happen if we dealt with our temptations with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit? What would happen if God would show you the way out? Because no temptation has seized you except which is common to man. And God will show you the way out. What would happen? What would happen if you were walking with the Spirit and the bus God told you, share that gospel with that man or that lady? I'll tell you story upon story of these things happening in my life. And not 20 years ago, even now. But let me first explain who the Holy Spirit is. And what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? In Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Now Jesus had risen. And then they were, they were having fellowship. On one occasion, he was eating with them. 
He gave them a commandment. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized, immersed. And then afterwards, then they gathered around him asking, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in, Judea, in all of Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So why is the power given to you? To be a witness. To be a witness. Witness to whom? To the lost world. Are we a witness to the lost world? Are we a witness? We need to ask ourselves. I always examine. Every, every year I examine. How many people did I share the gospel with? You know, a lot of people say, share the gospel with your kindness. But Jesus shared it with the words and the kindness. Okay. So who is this Holy Spirit? He's the third person in the Trinity. He is equal to the Father, equal to the Son. So when Jesus said, sent his disciples in Matthew 28, verse 19, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And is used. And. Vivek and Mitch and Brian. Distinct persons, yet one. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus and the love of God and the communion, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Communion. Koinonia. Which means fellowship. Intimate fellowship. I have an intimate relationship with my wife. But this is deeper than that. She's not in me. Holy Spirit is in me. He knows my thoughts. He knows my intentions. He knows my feelings. He knows my motivation. When Jesus was water baptized, the voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And the spirit of God descended and rested on him. It rested on him. Jesus and the Father have sent us the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I have not left you alone, not as orphans, 
So Holy Spirit is there for you so that you are not alone. So are you going through your marriage and feel alone? You're not alone. Are you going through a financial crisis and you're feeling alone? You're not alone. Are you struggling with a sin that's very addictive? You're not alone. I struggled with sexual identity. I'm happily married with my wife and I have three kids. You know why? He taught me. I struggled with porn addiction, sexual sins. You know why I overcame? He taught me. I suffered with low self-esteem. I couldn't stand before people. You know why I'm standing before people? Because he taught me. I used to bite my nails. I couldn't stop biting my nails. He taught me how to not bite them. I used to bite my lips, crack my fingers all the time. You may think this is not sin. Yeah, but it's addictive behavior. And God gave me victory. I used to have hurts and upsets with people. I didn't know how to have friendships. He taught me. He said fellowship with him. It's a joint participation. The Greek word means joint participation. It means intimacy. I do nothing without the Holy Spirit. I did animation with him. 19 years I worked in the animation industry. I did animation with him. There was office politics. I would ask him for wisdom. He would give me wisdom. He would speak me through the word. He would speak me through my thoughts. And he would say, Vivek, how do you know it is not you and it's not your thoughts, but God's thoughts? I'll tell you, who depends on who gets the glory. If, the, if God gets the glory and you are doing the will of God and the thought told you to do the will of God, that cannot be the thought of the flesh. That's how you test the spirits. If it's a selfish thought, James says it's from the pit of hell. That kind of wisdom is not only earthly, natural, but demonic. Okay. He, the Holy Spirit, is equal with the Father. So when, we lie, when people lie against the Holy Spirit, they lie against God. In Acts chapter 5, verse 3 to 4, we're not going to read it, but I'm just going to talk about the story. Ananias and Sapphira, husband and wife, lied to the apostles, and they basically lied to the Holy Spirit, and God struck them down. So when, you, when, when they lied to the Holy Spirit, they lied to God. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent, and we're not going to read the scripture, but if you go to Psalm 139, it talks about, where can I hide from your spirit? Where can I hide from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I made my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take wings of the morning, go to the uttermost part of the sea, you're there. So Holy Spirit is omnipresent. Well, this I hope I pronounce it right. Omniscient. I did it. 
Nailed it. Like a Canadian. Okay. Because even though I'm brown, I'm a Canadian. I'm not Indian anymore. <laughs> I swore allegiance to the queen. <laughs> okay, 1 Corinthians um, 2, verse 10 to 11. But God has revealed to them through His Spirit, the Spirit that searches all things, even the deep things of God. For no man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man. Nobody knows what you're thinking right now, except your own spirit. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may know things that have been freely given to us by God. You have the Spirit. You can know what God's thinking. But then why do most people don't know what God's thinking? Why are people so confused about the will of God? I had that question. And I'll show you the answer as we progress. In, second, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, as we go, it says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may, he may advise him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Holy Spirit is not an energy. Right now there's a concept floating around. Holy Spirit is quantum physics. Quantum physics, he's the electric charge. He's the universal. That's Hinduism, by the way. That's Hinduism one-on-one. -on -one. And a lot of Christians are using devices and things to tap into this universal energy called the Holy Spirit. That's Kundalini. They wait on a tingle on the body, a warmth in your fingers. That's Hinduism. If that warmth in the fingers was a phenomenon in the Bible, God would have let us know. People believe that there's a shaking that happens and you know it's the Holy Spirit. Show me in the Bible. It's not there. And they do weird things. And, the, and that Spirit tells them to do weird things. Show me in the Bible the Holy Spirit makes you do weird things. And yet you look at those people, you will see their marriages are not in order. Their lives are not in order. You shall know them not by their words, by the signs, but by their fruit. Holy Spirit is not an energy. You know, God created time, space, matter, and energy. You can't create something and be that something. 
My watchmaker is not the watch. God is not energy. God is a person. Amen? Okay. So who is this Holy Spirit? In John chapter 14, now the, this is Jesus' parting words. He's telling his disciples that he's going to die and then he's going to go to heaven. But he must go to heaven. He was with them, but until he goes to heaven, he can't be in them. And how does he dwell in us? Through his Holy Spirit. He can only make them understand so much until the Holy Spirit gives insight they can't understand. Okay, John chapter 14, verse 23 to 30, 26. Jesus answered and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. We will come to him and make our home in him, with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. There's the test. There's the test. I love my wife. I'm faithful to her. If I say I love her and I'm not faithful to her, do I really love her? If I love God... I will obey his word. If I don't obey his word, the fact is, I love him with my lips, but my heart is far away. Many will say, Lord, Lord, on that day. I cast out demons. Oh boy, they did signs. I prophesied. Oh boy, the prophecies were very accurate. Because Jesus doesn't say he didn't, they didn't do all those things. He says, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So how do you know God? Says it here. He who does not love me will, does not keep my words. The word which you hear are not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Now here's the beautiful scripture. These things I've spoken while you were present. Well, well. Spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Who is going to teach you all things? The Holy Spirit. And he will bring to you remembrance of all things I have said to you. So, one of the ways the Holy Spirit speaks is given here. He will remind you of what Jesus says. The word is parakletos. Sound very Greek now. Okay. It means he's going to be the helper, assistant, aider, intercessor, your advocate. So Holy Spirit has been given to you for all these reasons. He's going to be a comforter. Holy Spirit has been given to you so that you may have full access to God. 
John chapter 16, verse 15, 5 to 15. But now I go away to him who sent me. No one, none, of, none of you ask, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, he, I will send him to you. Him, not it. Him. He will come and convict the world of sin and of righteousness. So who convicts you when we sin? The Holy Spirit. You know why some of the people in the world, most of the people, don't know what is sin? Because they don't have the Holy Spirit. Conviction is not condemnation. Okay? Of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they did not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and you do not see me, you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of the world is judged. I have still many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. There are a lot of things God wants to say to me. I can't bear it now. That's why he shares with me progressively. If God told me all my faults right now, I would die. That's why no one can see God and live in this body. Because as soon as you see God, you see your wretchedness. That's what Isaiah saw. Woe to me, I'm a man of unclean lips. God is so gentle. Holy Spirit is gentle. Mitch said, Holy Spirit, God is gentle. He's patient. But you cannot, uh, you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. Holy Spirit will not guide you in error. Doesn't matter what your opinions are. Doesn't matter what your preference is. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, that voice that's saying to you, it's okay, you'll be fine, is not the Holy Spirit. I counsel people. Some of them say, the Holy Spirit told me to divorce my husband. Or the Holy Spirit told me to divorce my wife. I said, yeah, what grounds? Have they committed adultery? No, I don't, I don't like him anymore. I said, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit that inspired the word of God cannot contradict the word of God. God hates divorce. How can the God who hates divorce tell you to get divorced without just cause. Well, there are all kinds of people that hear all kinds of things and attribute it to God. He will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore I, said, therefore I said, he will take what's mine and declare it to you. 
He will guide you in all truth. The Greek word is hedegio or hedego. To guide, to lead one's way, to guide, to teach, to give guidance, to guide you. If you hear something that's fantastic, and if you have a supernatural experience like nobody else had that you can brag about, and yet you believe something that doesn't line up with the truth, it's not the Holy Spirit. If you have a prompting, God told me to say this, but the prompting doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's not God. I have learned over the years to call it out. That's not God. Why? I heard the Holy Spirit tell me. That's not God. Because that's how he tells me. So it doesn't matter what your experience is. He's the spirit of truth. Okay. Let me give you an example. Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 16. And I know I didn't highlight that. But while it comes up, I will just share that story with you. So Jesus asked his disciples, who do you think I am? Peter says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, flesh and blood hasn't revealed it to you, but my father who is in heaven. In the same chapter, the guy that got a download from the Holy Spirit gets a download from another spirit. Jesus talks about his death, his suffering. And Peter turns around and begins to rebuke Jesus. Rebuke. That this will not be. In verse 16, 23, we're going to read that. But before, let me give you the context. He says, I will surely not let you die. This guy thought he's got the hotline. God gave me a download, so this also is a download from God. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Okay? Matthew 16, verse 23. He says, you don't have. Let's read that. He turned around and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Holy Spirit gave me a key here. When we start thinking humanistically, when we start thinking like man, the natural man, we operate in the devil's kingdom. You start thinking, if you read James chapter, I believe it's chapter 3 or 4, it says about the two kinds of wisdom. The wisdom that's from above and the wisdom that's from below. The wisdom that's from above is pure and peace-loving and gentle and all that stuff. It also rebukes. That wisdom does rebuke. When you look at that, oh, if you are not gentle, then you're probably not operating in that wisdom. No. Jesus operated in the wisdom and rebuked the Pharisees. Jesus operated in the same wisdom and rebuked Peter. So when your mind is controlled by earthly things, 
When your mind is controlled by natural things, your mind is controlled by the demonic. Self-centeredness is an evidence that your mind is thinking like man. God-centeredness is an evidence that your mind is thinking like God. The same person. So can I operate in the spirit in this moment and the next moment operate in the flesh? Absolutely. So don't trust everything I say. Test it. If it lines up with the word, good. If it doesn't line up with the word, spit it out. Don't follow any charismatic person. Anyone that tells you one moment from God and the next moment from the pit of hell. Here's an apostle doing that. Okay. God is not a God of chaos. Let's read the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 31 to 33. For you can all prophesy one by one. You know, people believe uh, when the Holy Spirit moves, you can't have that order. You know, you, 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 the more chaotic it is, the more it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. If I don't speak, it won't be spoken. Well, God can use anyone. You're not the center of the universe. I'm not the center of the universe. If I was sick, Mitch would preach and it would be God. Okay. You can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the, sp and the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophet. For God is not a God, author of confusion, disorder, chaos, but peace. It says instability. The Greek word means instability, state of disorder, disturbance, confusion, commotion. Now I'm going to give you the key. How to walk in the Spirit. When the Lord showed me this, it's almost like, you know, have you seen Finding Nemo? There is the southern westerly current or something, and the turtles just get onto that current, and then they speed to Sydney. This insight was like that, and I'm like, Whoa, this is going to change my life. Okay, so we go to Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 15. I read this scripture so many times until the Holy Spirit showed me. Because I always wanted to hear, how do I put to death the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit of God? How do I walk in the Spirit? And when I read that, this chapter, I actually memorized this chapter word for word because I was so excited. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. They're walking. They're walking. Holy Spirit is walking. They're walking. They're not lagging behind. They're walking. Enoch walked with God. Walk before me blameless, God said to Abraham. They were walking. Walking is one step at a time. For the law of spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. I used to 
I used to sin every day, nonstop. I felt like a hypocrite coming to church. And God set me free. But he set me free through the scriptures. So there was the law of sin and death that was going on. For the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God did it by sending his only begotten, only son, in the likeness of sinful flesh, on the account of sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be met in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So I said, God, how do I walk according to the spirit? Okay, you brought me here. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but how do I walk according to the Spirit? Now, here's the answer. For those who live according to the flesh have set their minds on the things of the flesh. Get behind me, Satan. You don't have the mind of God, but the mind of man. So what happens if you set your mind on the things of God? Oh boy, I tell you, I hit the power line. I should think I am a sinner. God said to me, son, if you think you are a sinner, you're going to live like a sinner. He said, you are righteous in Christ. You know what that did to me? I stopped believing the lie. I used to have the mind of the man. I am addicted to the sin. I'm addicted to porn. I can never overcome it. God said, the son set you free. You're free indeed. I used to think I had no self-control. Then the word of God said, the fruit of the spirit is self-control. You just have to exercise it. I started changing my thinking. As I started changing my thinking to line up with the spirit of God, I started walking with him. Because I can't do it on my own. Can you do anything apart from the Holy Spirit? So how do you think you're going to do your marriage? You know, he tells me sometimes to be quiet. I'm about to say something to Deborah, and he says, you're not going to say it. Sometimes he tells me, Go upstairs. My office is downstairs. Massage her ankle. You think Holy Spirit is only for Sunday and checks out on the weekdays? Holy Spirit is only for prophecies for people and not to live a godly life? He talks to me about my daughter. Sometimes I'm in the middle of the counseling and he tells me, that person is hiding sin. He's being intimate with someone else. Why does he do that? Why does he speak? He wants us to know God. He wants us to live a godly life. So here's the key. If you set your mind on the things of the flesh, you are not going to live in the spirit. You are not going to live in the spirit. You might feel the tingle. You might feel the goosebump. You might have the tears when somebody prays over you on Sunday, but you're not living by the spirit. It says, for to, verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So why is it important? Why is mind so important? Mind is where the battleground is. 
Mind is where the battleground is. Mind is where the transformation starts. When you renew your mind to the truth, you start thinking like the truth. Some people think, if I memorize scriptures, I'm renewing my mind. You can memorize scriptures and still think in the flesh. How many people do we know who can quote the Bible more than you can and are walking in the flesh? Because memorizing scriptures does not renew your mind. How's it going? Remember, if you, were, if you were a house, your mind is the front door. If 90% of your thoughts are fleshly, you're walking in the flesh. Stop kidding yourself. I stopped kidding myself years ago. Carnally minded is death, but spiritually minded is life. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law, nor indeed can be. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. Why did he divide that commandment into faculties? Because it matters. Renewing of your mind is the key to walking in the spirit. That's where the metamorphosis begins. That's where the transformation begins. Verse 9, but you are not of the flesh, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. But if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit of his life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. It starts with the mind. I started giving my mind to God. I started giving him my mind. You know, when you give your mind, you're also giving your feelings. Because feelings are thoughts that you've dwelt on. If you're feeling depressed, guess what thoughts you are dwelling on? If you feel rejected, what thoughts are you dwelling on? If you feel hatred, what thoughts are you dwelling on? The thoughts that you dwell on stir up the feelings that you feel. What is the dashboard of your feeling telling you today? It's an indicator of the thoughts you're dwelling on. The feelings that you feel, that you soak in, stir up the emotions that drive you. The emotions that you are driven with lead to action, reaction, and words. I just have to let people speak. I can know what they are dwelling on. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, 
Brethren, by the mercies of God, that you may present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, perfect will of God. The transformation begins with renewing your mind. The world is conforming. How is the world conforming us? Through the lies. How is transformation happening? Through the, through the truth. So how can you renew your mind? Let me show you how I can renew my mind. Every time I get a stinky thought that is contrary to the word of God, I shoot it down. Sometimes it almost comes through my mouth. Sometimes I say to myself, I'm stupid. I catch it right there. I'm not. Because there's no stupidity in the image of God. I was made in the image of God. I used to have these thoughts come to my mind. I'm ugly. I will amount to nothing. I will never succeed. I'll never be married. What kind of thinking is that from God? There might be facts presented to you to show you how stupid you are. Or I am. But that's still not my identity. I'm created in the image of God. I'm a righteous man that sins. I'm not a sinner that's trying to be righteous. I'm not perfect, but my imperfections are not my identity. Christ is my identity. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, be debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to. For if you live according to the flesh... You will die. So anyone that says, oh, no matter what you do, you're going to be fine. That's not what it says. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. How can you be led by the Spirit when your mind is led by the flesh? How can you be led by the Spirit? How can you love the world and love God? How can you love righteousness and love sin? Same thing goes for mind. At one time, you can only give it to one Lord. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If we, the heirs, heirs, the heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, we'll also be glorified with him. So if we start changing our thinking, you will start hearing God. You will start hearing God. Now, how does God speak? I'll tell you, numerous ways. He speaks to me in numerous ways. Sometimes in my thoughts, sometimes he gives me wisdom, just wisdom I couldn't have thought of. Sometimes he'll speak to, my, to me through my brother. Primarily, he speaks to me through the word. Okay? How do I know it is God speaking? It'll line up with the word. It will line up with the word. Okay? 
in verse 27 of chapter 8, he who searches the hearts knows what's, what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for saints according to the will of God. Holy Spirit will lead you to the will of God, not lead you away from the will of God. Now, what can you do without this Holy Spirit? I'll tell you, nothing. You cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. You know, when we try to do things on our own, our marriage, our parenting, our finances, without the Holy Spirit, we make a mess. You know what Adam's sin was? To live a life independent of God. You know what a sinner is? A person that's learned to live a life independent of God. That sin is still the most prevalent sin in the church. It's not adultery. It's a life independent of God. Jesus said, I do nothing without talking to the Father or seeing the Father work. Nothing. What does he mean by that? That means if he went to heal Lazarus, it better be the will of God. So you know what the father said? He needs to die. What would we do if our friend Lazarus was sick? What would we do? Jesus inquired of the father. You know, when he was going to heal someone and there was a lady in the crowd that pushed herself through and touched his, the hem of his garment, and Jesus said, the power left me. He didn't know that was going to happen because he knew what the Father wanted him to do. But the faith of the woman brought healing. But Jesus was doing the will of the Father. But he was sensitive to the Spirit of God. Jesus did nothing. You know, he didn't empty the hospitals. A lot of people that say, hey, we need to go to the hospitals and pray. Is it the will of God? Jesus did not empty the hospitals. There were no hospitals. People were sick at home. But he didn't heal everyone. The guy at the gate, beautiful, was left for Peter. In that pool where, where the angel would stir the water and one person would get healed, he only healed that one person. If we do the will of God, we will do what he wants us to do. We are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to walk into. Not all good works are God works. So, how does this work with my message? And I know I'm about beyond time right now, but I'll just wrap it up. So I ask God, I involve God in every area of my life. If I'm frustrated, if I'm frustrated with Brian, I will talk to God. If I'm frustrated with my wife, I'll talk to God. If I find a difficult situation, I'll talk to God. I talk to God about everything. When I struggle with sin, I should tell God, I like this about the sin, but I want to hate it. Show me the way out. As I started talking to God, he started downloading wisdom to me. He would show me these scriptures. He would connect the dots. 
Holy Spirit is not just so that you can have a Holy Spirit experience. He is there to equip us to live a godly life. So what are you going through today? Here's your assignment. What is the difficult situation in your life? Now bring it to the Holy Spirit. Say, God, show me how to do this. Show me how to do this. What are the thoughts that you are thinking? Let's evaluate those thoughts. Are they self-defeating thoughts? Are they lying thoughts? That's not the word of God. You got to change your mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So read the word. Do what it says, but you can't do it on your own. God will give you the strength. I'm right here preaching. I used to shake in my knees. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Ask the Holy Spirit for His guidance. He gives you spirit without measure. If you ask for wisdom, He will give you wisdom. There was a shot I was working on in animation. Very difficult shot. I had two days to do it. And there was this person sitting next to me, trying to find faults with me, mocking at me. And I'm like, God, how am I going to do it? He said, come on Saturday. That person won't be there and I'll show you. So I went on Saturday, and the person wasn't there. Within three hours, I finished the shot. I put it on render, checked the test render. Monday, I come, resting in God, because he spoke to me. That shot was approved one take by Nickelodeon. And guess what the person that was troubling me asked the first thing in the morning? How is that shot going? There was a person in the company that was playing politics with me. I said to God, can you please take this person away from me? He said, no. I said, why? He says, you are going to become a pastor. You're going to have difficult people at times. I'm preparing you for that. I want you to love her. So I would buy her birthday a nice cake from my own pocket. I would bless her every day. One day, my communion happens with God in the bathroom and washrooms, just so that you know, TMI, while I'm driving. So I went to the washroom and I'm like, I'm just praying to God, worshiping God. And he says, next week she'll be gone. She and her entire group will be leaving. Next week, the entire group resigned. Holy Spirit is here to engage in every area of your life. You have anxiety, bring him in. You have temptation, bring him in. You have a troubled marriage, bring him in. He will not counsel contrary to the word of God. He will remind you what Jesus has said. But if you don't study the word, what will he remind you of? If you don't know the truth, what will he lead you into? So get into the word. Surrender your life. He will not guide you if you are bent on not doing his will. 
because he's called to lead you in all truth. Fellowship. Do nothing without him. Nothing without him. That's my message for today. Thank you.